This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son podcast and home of the best D&D 5th edition NPCs across all the planes. We are joined today by Amir Hamza of the amazing Dimples and Dice Twitch channel. Amir, what is up, brother? What's good, people? How you doing, man? <laughs> I am doing well. I am doing well. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm glad uh, Callie told me about y'all, and I'm glad y'all invited me. Hey, it's it's our absolute pleasure. Like, like I said to you before we started re- uh, recording, you know, we we have been very excited to chat to you and get into some stuff, uh, get into you know your world and and, and what's going on. Um, how how are you finding things? You know, in 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 America right now, obviously it's 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 a bit of a weird time and weird weird place. How how, how are you finding existence uh, existence these days and and uh, and getting through life? Uh it's been an adventure, I guess, because. <sighs> I I am adjusting to like sort of being back outside. Well, I was getting adjusted to going back out and doing stuff again. And then we put restrictions back on here in Philly. And then I'm like, all right, the paranoia is kicked in. I don't know if I want to go anywhere, but like, uh, I mean, we we just had Memorial Day weekend here and and so I did go visit some friends in New York, but it's very like, there's still the sort of paranoia about traveling and being around a bunch of people and stuff like that. So I probably will stay in the house for a while after this. <laughs> I feel that, dude. I feel that. I so feel it. And I was talking to my wife and I'm like, you know, this is going to go on for a while. Like this, this emotional mindset that we have is going to go on for a few years, I think. Like, I mean, oh, absolutely. irrespective of COVID and how that plays out, you know, if it becomes less and less of a thing, like the way we approach life is going to change it is changed and i think that change i don't even know if it goes back to normal but you're right like this hesitancy like i am always thinking about you know if you know and, and it sounds rude but if i'm sitting at a table and someone sneezes or if i'm in a room and i have a mask on how are people viewing me or you know if i'm a place that yep. i, I it, all of these things are just swirling in your mind and it's uh it's just not i don't think sort of contributing to just being present being in the moment being free you know all the things that we enjoyed before mm. yeah it's it's and a I'm, weird one we, we actually canceled a gig that i i, I was meant to go to a, a gig up in scotland um and we canceled that because the numbers are just going wild in scotland right now as well it's just one of those weird things where you're like in that perpetual headspace of just kind of struggling with it you know i'm not sure if I'm not sure if you found like because we've had lockdowns here in the UK where it's been like cool you can leave the house for like an hour uh, or two or like you can leave in like two people for a little bit of time and restrictions have eased and then locked back down and eased and they're they've recently opened everything and they're already talking about another lockdown in October. Uh, how, that that's definitely something that's stressing people out over here and and, and that back mm-hmm. and forth is really messing with people. Do you find the similar things going on in Philly and and with yourself? Uh, yeah. And, and the thing is like Philly is such a a dense, big city. Like everything's so compact, like it's hard to get away 
to go anywhere by yourself. Like I can't walk down the street and be away from people. Like there's like, I can't just go outside and take a walk and not run into anybody, uh, which is far different than where I'm from back in the Midwest in Cleveland. I could just go to a park and maybe see one or two people like, (laughs) because there's just so much space. So it's a whole like weird sort of mindset to have to deal with because like, there are cool things that I want to do. Like had I not gone to visit friends in New York this past weekend, I I was really considering going to the Made in America concert because it's like a big thing that we have in Philly. It's, it's, it's a ten, It was a 10th year anniversary. It was a bunch of uh, artists that I wanted to see, but there's still like a level of paranoia to that too at the same time. But I'm like, when do I get to do stuff? When do I get to like be a full person? Cause I'm extrovert. I want to be around people. I need that energy. And yeah. I love my wife and all, but being locked in a house <laughs> with her all the time, like, you know, for the last two years, basically we've, we've seen a handful of other people, period. <laughs> so that's a whole like thing to deal with. And I don't know what happens next is sort of another thing. Like as this goes on, you don't know what's going to happen next. Like now we just wait and see where we go from here. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think, like you said, it, that, that feeling of like, when, am, when, when am I? And I think especially, don't get me wrong. I, I would say there's, a, this is a spectrum of, of people across the world right now who are reacting to this pandemic in different ways. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can see countries are reacting differently, let alone down to the individual. Um, you know, societally we're, we're doing different things, but it, down to the individual, we're also doing different things. And I think, like I, I was speaking to my missus just this the other day and she she said to me, she was like, you know, I she's like, I feel like I want to go out and do things. Everyone else, like, and the thing is in the UK, because we've been like uh what's it called, like um seesawing back and forth, you know, between these two things, between open and closed and stuff, people have now just given up and are just kind of doing their own thing, is what it feels like. And because of that, you know, she was like, you know, when when do I get to go back to doing my stuff? Everyone else is. And I'm sat here being responsible and trying to like, you know, not be a part of the problem and be part of the solution, you know, and yep. wear a mask because I don't want to spread it, you know, get vaccine because it's it's help. It slows down the, uh, the, the spread and, you know, the, the fatality rates and things like that, you know. So I think it's one of those things where, yeah, especially with the people who feel like they're putting themselves out of, like you said, out of their norm, you know, extroverts, people who are putting themselves out of that to really care for others and and look after the community and whatnot, I think are the ones that are almost being hit by this even more because we're not going out. And like you said, going to big uh, festivals, gigs, um, you know, uh, concerts, uh, theater shows, events, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things that is really sad. And I think, it's 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 hard because it's turning people who started this thing and who are continuing to battle through is people who have been conforming and trying to like like i said help solve the problem it's turning them into the ones that are like ah screw this i i can't wait anymore like this is this is just getting too much do you know what i mean thanks for watching this episode we really appreciate you supporting homie and the dude Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. I mean, it's like, um, I mean, let's not let's not like 
drive this right into the ground, right sure, out sure, of the sure. gates. <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, to your point, well, here's the thing. You said conventions. So what uh, do you typically go to any conventions, um, you know, pre-COVID that you look forward to that are, you know, sort of TTRPG based or comic based or anything else that. Um, oh, yeah. I uh, drag or anything. I've done tons. I mean, I've done. Uh, I've been from everything to, to CES to PAX oh, wow. to BlizzCon to tattoo conventions, car shows. Like, I like to go and see things. Like, yeah. uh, so you know, not going to things is is actually the weird thing to me. Like going to stuff, and and we're probably my wife and I and a few friends are probably going to PAX Unplugged. Because it's literally in my backyard. I don't have to go anywhere. I can come back home yeah. after it's done. If I get too uncomfortable, I can just be like, I'm staying at home. <laughs> but, you know, I met my wife at Gen Con. Wow. Like, cool. so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. And I know I have a bunch of friends who are attending these things. And I mean, I, I've had opportunities to come to things to to you know be like okay will you dm games at this thing or be on a panel yada 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 and i'm like nah <laughs> no nah, i don't think so <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's one of those hard moments but to try i and navigate. but i am like I, I i guess the the best i can say is i will try to be as safe as possible when i do go to things but like yeah. I I I I can't say that it's not going to be in the back of my mind, and I'm sure it will be for everyone. So I'm just hoping that people like keep each other in mind. That's that's the best you can ask for. Yeah, yeah, I I fully agree with you, dude. It's it's you know hoping that people can find the the selfless version of their of their mentality when it comes to this thing. Uh, I'm 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 right there with you with that, but. You know, I mean, conventions is something we we literally spoke about this the other day. We were like, we need to get to some more conventions. Yeah. We we're like, we need to go out there and and like be able to be like more in the face of the public and stuff. But it's one of those things where you know, like you said, it's it's weighing up those risks and stuff that that's quite hard. And you know, talking about weighing up risks and 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 that how that goes, you know, risking diving in and becoming a streamer on Twitch can be a risky move for some people. So. <laughs> <laughs> How do you I love that transition. Thank you. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> um, no, I, I was going to say, obviously, Dimples and Dice is uh, is an amazing Twitch channel with with a, a, an amazing following uh, of a close knit group of people that are your supporters. Um, talk us through, you know, where that idea came from and and you know how you've cultivated it into this amazing thing that it is now. So, so it's. It's kind of weird because I used to stream a long time ago, like way back in 2016. And uh, I stopped streaming because the Twitch harassment was so bad. So yeah. I used to be on a podcast with a, with a couple of friends. We used to do game reviews, uh, things of that nature. And like we didn't have a large following, but like people would just stop in and just like me and and the, one of the other guys on the show were are black people and just get all kinds of terrible language just thrown at us and i'm just like there's there's literally like three people watching our show you just decided to just drop in here just like <laughs> to bother people and so i stopped 
And then I was like, uh, worked in sales, yada, 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 banking, so on and so forth. Uh, pandemic hits and I'm trapped in the house because I was going back to school to teach, which was an experience. Uh, and as the things started to ramp up, like they, they closed schools down and stuff like that. I couldn't go do um, observations at schools. No one knew how to really handle it for people who were doing the teaching things because the schools are closed up. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, cool. well, what do I do with my time? So I'm like, well, I can't, I don't want to keep going to this like mess of, we don't know how to teach people how to go out and do teaching. So what next? I was like, well, I guess I'll stream. uh and i started doing stuff and then i came across someone in um critical barge chat like during one of the panels that were happening and they were like uh i want to stream vampire the masquerade and i had just been diving into all of the vampire the masquerade books like back and forth lore comics everything and i was like all right let's do it like I just DM'd like, let's go. We're gonna make it happen. Uh, and that kicked off like simultaneously with my channel because I was running a DMing a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign and I was doing this. Yeah. And it just like, I was like, all right, this is the thing I've, I've, I found something I truly love doing. Yeah. Like my wife was like, I've never seen you this happy with anything you're doing. <laughs> like, because I, once I started doing storyteller stuff, I was like, yo, this is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> Similar story for you, especially, wasn't it? Like we, yeah, it was, sure. uh, the timeline's a little bit different, but it is like hook, line and sinker, man. Once you do it and you get into storytelling and you get into that, I almost picture like, this is deep seated for us humans, right? We like, you know, back in the day when we were, you know, whatever, epoch you want to go to around a fire or whatever and the storyteller um plays a really important function in just societal history yeah for sure and and D does or just tabletop gaming does a really really nice job of just filling that in in a structured way so but my my reference point is and it's kind of limited. Bodhi is much more way down the road as far as D&D expertise. But can you talk a little bit more about Vampire Masquerade and just the differences and, and some of the things that you really like about Vampire Masquerade? Um, as a system, yeah. uh, as everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of the things I quickly realized was I first started playing D&D, which is relatively recent. Uh, you know, I, I met some friends in a gaming community. I met Madcast Gaming and they were like, yo, you want to play a D&D campaign? I'm like, sure. And <laughs> that campaign was the first campaign I've ever been to. And we went from level six to level 20. So I went on for like wow. almost two years uh, wow. in my first D&D campaign that I ever ran. And I was just learning as I went. Uh, and I didn't try to DM or anything before that. And so I finally DM'd with some of the members of the community, DM some, a home game that ended because of the pandemic. But then I was like, ah, I like D&D for all of the things it does, but I need something a little bit more open to just uh, let people do social things. Yeah. Um, and so Vampire really leans into that. Like a lot of the game is social, less tactical combat focused and, um, 
And I really, I enjoy horror a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that was the other draw to it. Cause the draw was like, and vampire, the big, the big thing about it is you are a monster. Like yeah. you drink blood of humans. That is how you survive. How do you keep your humanity with this? And I felt like this is a very interesting place to tell a story. Mm, yeah. And the other thing that really got me into it was as soon as I started reading through this stuff and I was like, well, how would vampires survive during a pandemic? <laughs> nice. Nice, dude. I was like, how would they eat if everybody's locked in the house all the time? Because I was like, I can't imagine that every vampire is going to be like, let's do some B&E. <laughs> <laughs> and they so go, that they go, inf- from the, uh, they go from like the sparkly, uh, the sparkly Twilight vampire <laughs> to, 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 to the ski mask club. <laughs> right. And, and that really informed the way I started my story. And I was like, and then the first thing I thought about was like, well, this isn't going to be for everyone. <laughs> and. Dude. It just so happened. I found people who were really interested in that, and then we wrote with it. Dude, it's it's amazing, and I think you know something that I I have found more value in is that I know I played the game that I run in in fifth edition currently um, is with a couple of players who are very combat heavy. I know, like I have a couple of players who love the combat, who uh, you know like to build characters that are badasses that, you know, they can, that like to be, you know, me stretch them in combat and, and, and force them to think outside the box. But, um, but you know, that kind of thing. But I've also found now as we've played in, like you said, you know, as, as a DM, if you're DMing while you're learning, uh, which I, I personally think is the only real way that you can do it is, is, you know, you can read, you can read the books as many times as you want and read watch all the videos and all that stuff. But until you're up doing it, you know, you don't learn and you don't see and like something else is, you know, getting feedback from your players and feedback, you know, in your own self. Furthermore, if you can record it, you know, and, and with someone who streams stuff, you know, it definitely helps because you can watch it back and learn from, you know, your, your own nuances and stuff like that. And I think, oh, yeah. <laughs> What I've learned over that time is that I have found the social aspect of, uh, of D&D to be the part that I typically end up kind of gearing towards. You know, the, 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 the interacting between characters and the persuasion and like the talking. And so, you know, uh, because my style has developed very recently, I, I had one of my players, uh, Ryan, came to me and was like, yeah, we haven't fought anyone for a while. <laughs> it was like, we've been, doing, we've been doing a lot of talking, dude. Like, what, what's going on with that? And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I just kind of got lost in this new in this new headspace that I, I, I'd kind of found. And um, his, by the way, his name, just to give you a context of where his headspace is, his name is Ankelagon the Mighty. So that's kind of, <laughs> you, you get an idea yeah. of where he, yeah. where he is. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, as you evolve and you get, you find different things. But I recently have found that social side to be really interesting. That like diving into character and bringing out like uh, nuanced, uh, like nuanced improvised conversation because that's something that though we're playing a game and everyone is like happy playing a game, it, it's it's some serious acting skills that are going on that are really, really and really high level when it comes down to it. Like exceedingly high level, being able to improv like deep within character and find, you know, those, those moments, those pauses, the beats, the rhythms, the, the, the 
emotion of the moment and all that kind of stuff. So I think I'm right there with you, dude. That 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 stuff is uh, really really important. I wanted to ask um, that that just confirmed the the Vampire Masquerade. You ho that's hosted on Roll D's twenty, isn't it? Roll D's twenty, yeah. Yeah, and um, that's an entirely POC uh, streaming team. Um, yep. Talk us through a little bit about a couple of things. One, uh, your your player selection process for, I guess, either channel, like how you chose your players, and also why was it important for you to create an all POC stream? So for all in these 20s, I think one of the things specifically to Vampire that I noticed when I was looking at a bunch of Twitch streams, I was like, yo, it's a lot of white people. <laughs> I was like, it's a lot, a lot of white people. I was like, I very, like, you'd see, you know, one person of color in a game. And I'm yeah. like, I, I don't care how you run your group. That's your group, do your thing. That's, that's not like a hate on these groups. But I was like, yo, I know other people who look like me play this game. I can find them. And and it just so happened that, you know, Ivy and Liz were in that chat. And that's how we kind of came together. And um, Mikey Mike, uh, I had played, uh, I found him on Reddit and we were playing Orange Sworn together. Uh, and as soon as the, like, we started talking about Vampire, I was like, yo, you're interested in playing Vampire with this group? And he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of like, how our initial group got started when we first uh, came on. Uh, the next couple people just kind of, it was, it's really, it was really organic with the group, to be honest with you. Cause like Lonzo uh, Gonzo, he watched all my streams. He was like, when, when we, when uh, Twitch does their like yearly recap, I was like top of his people that he watched. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, why are cool, you here? Right? Like, it's like you're one one of my biggest supporters, but like cool people. Like we talked, play games together. I was like, yo, you'd be perfect fit for our group. Do you want to play games with us? And he was like, absolutely. Uh, and he's kind of had to take a step back because having a child would make that <laughs> happen in your life. Uh, yeah. But he's still part of the group. He's still modding and stuff like that. And then the next couple of people we added for our other games were just like, hey, we're looking at, you know, people who want to do TTRPG stuff, but like, we don't have money, so we can't really pay people. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and I wasn't just reaching out for like, hey, let me ask this big name to come do a thing with us. Because I know, like, as I've been doing this for a time, I'm a very social person. I network. It's kind of what I do. I can't help it. I used to work in sales and I try not to be slimy about it. It's just me. This is, I'm outgoing. I want to meet people. Tell me about your life, yada, yada, yada. But I was like, let's find some people who maybe can do really cool shit, but just haven't been discovered yet. And so we start talking to people, we interview people. Uh, and like, when you get that chemistry, like that's, that's a whole thing, especially when you're doing a streamed game you want yeah. your players to have chemistry you want to have like like the quicker people mesh the better it is because i'll be honest with you when i'm doing my shows i really don't give a shit about the audience <laughs> and i'm gonna tell you why i to, to tell you why it's not because i don't care what the audience thinks but for me as a dm or a player i'm like if me and the rest of the people are vibing at the table 
that translates to the audience. The audience will love what y'all are doing as long as that is your group is making it. Like, and especially if you stream a game, the end jokes and stuff like that, that becomes part of the audience's jokes too. They reference those things later on. So I try not to think about like, is this going to be a great performance thing? Because I don't have to, mm. if we're just out here doing our thing and everyone like makes sense, like it just worked. And so like rolling these twenties is like one of the coolest things that I feel like I've done. Like I, and I didn't think about that too much when we first did it. I just was like, I want to have more people of color playing vampire. That's what happened. <laughs> And we've explained it to other things since, but like that was what it started as. It sounds amazing, man. It sounds like, you know, a mixture of or, or organic stuff and then some other stuff, you know, it sounds like it was, you know, like, like you said, a big thing for you to, to have come across that. And, you know, something I want to ask you is obviously, you know, you've come back to streaming after, after years of being away. Um, and the reason you left originally was because of, you know, toxicity and stuff like that. Do you find now, back on the platform you know you not only are you know hosting a a, a whole poc cast uh, i know you also uh, wear some amazing makeup and drag makeup to to some of the episodes <laughs> and stuff like that you know are you finding that you're receiving the same level of toxicity as you did the first time does is, does that show itself as much or have twitch begun to deal with that better so on and so forth what's what's your experience of that I can't say the Twitch has necessarily done better. I mean, if, if you've been keeping an eye on things recently, the hate raids, spot raids and stuff like that, I've I've had them on my channel. Like we've banned and blocked million bots or so, like just between wow. me and my team. So it's, I'm very outspoken. I, I, and I, and I don't shut up. So <laughs> like, if I feel passionate about a thing, I'm gonna talk about it. And I, and I don't necessarily think people treat marginalized creators well on the platform. But the thing that's different for me now is I've met people and I've, I've learned from other people who've, who've been here doing it for a while. Um, and that's, and, and having a support system really has helped me like ignore that. And I honestly speaking, I'm in a better mental space than I was back then. Like yeah. I've grown up a lot. Uh, so it's a lot easier for me to deal with things because I have less fucks to give. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the truth of it. I like, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let someone dictate what I do because of what they say. And at the time I was just not in the space to really make that, like, think of it that way for myself. Yeah. Yeah, dude, and the times they are changing, right? Like it, it, it is, you know, the in a lot of ways, it's a it's a really tough time, you know. Especially, I'm American. We're American, but we see mm -hmm. what's going on in America from afar, and it's it's uncomfortable to watch some of the stuff that's going down in one way, but in another way, you know, having sort of pro not protected but supported representation on some of these platforms is the best it's ever been as well. Yes, you know, so hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And so, you know, that allows you as well to feel that support, to feel that bit of being emboldened to stand up and say, yo, you know, this is fucking me, you know, and um, and and feel comfortable and protected and backed. 
by, by saying the community that. as well, yeah. by your by your people, the people who follow you and you know watch you and 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 I think that's the thing, dude. Is like it, it's one of those really hard ones. <laughs> We, uh, us both speaking as white men uh, <laughs> uh, you know it's it's one of those things though where you know um it's it's a hard place for for people to engage in and we've seen it in the community through gatekeeping and other you know methods that that Absolutely. ugly ugly snakes that rear their heads you know and and it's one of those things that is really hard to manage and to deal with but you know i think what you said a second ago about just being like I, I don't have any fucks to give at this point um, is truly the best way to handle those kinds of situations. And if that, if it washes off you, it's a little bit easier to move on with your day and be able to, you know, just get on with life. But dude, I, I, I sit here, you know, as a white man and I, I can't imagine the shit that you guys go through and have to deal with, you know, it within the community, because like I said, I can see it from an outside perspective. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not even the one receiving a, yeah. a lot of that stuff. So and it, I mean, I imagine, for me, but. it's like, I think, I think, you know, whole life sort of perspective. Uh, thinking of it, I, I'm black dude, Muslim name. Uh, I've dealt with some shit like, you know, going yeah. my first plane ride, you know, I'm getting pulled over to the side for a search. And I like, this is, this is, post 9-11 and I'm like why and then it you know it clicks to me I'm like why am I letting keyboard warriors get at me like yeah. Yeah. why why would I let that get to me because you know I have I've been gaming most of my life and you know I started off I competitive gamed in Quake 2 like I'm that's amazing. I know that dates myself but one of the groups that I played with back in the day, there was a girl, myself, and uh, a couple other other guys. And they found out, you know, I was black. And they were like, oh, you're black? Well, I don't really want to play with a black dude. How do you, how do you even own a computer? Excuse really? me? <laughs> what? That was, uh, really what was, that was really what was said. This, this is the, you know... 12, That's 13 great. years old. This is what I get. And we, and me and the girl in the group just dropped. We were instant out. Like, yeah. cause already, you know, being a girl on the internet is, is a thing too. Like, and I was like, you know, it's whole learning experience through those experiences. And it kind of informed me today. And like, I'm closing in on my forties. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't. I, and like, People are going to be the way they are, but the, what matters most is how I treat people and how I cultivate the community around me. Um, yeah. And 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 when people from you know marginalized communities come to my space and they say they feel safe here, that's important to me. Like yeah. the bots and bullshit and calling me names, like whatever. I'm gonna let that roll off me. Like you you can do it over the internet, but come see me on the streets, bro. <laughs> Cause I, I I have boxed. I can throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, dude. Like I think, like you said, you know, it's one of those things where the experiences that we go through make you resilient to certain things. You know, like I, I guess, like one that I have definitely experienced in my life is being an American, having lived in Spain. 
and then living here in the UK, you know, it's one of the first things I literally, I literally went away this last weekend with my, with my girlfriend and met some of her university friends who are from all over, all over the UK. And I swear to God, in the first day, four of them were like, what is your accent? That's why, like, what the hell is going on with that? Because you're, you're not English at all, are you? And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where you have to, and after years of receiving, you know, when I was a kid, it definitely used to bother me. I used to be like, you know, what's it matter? I, you know, especially in Spain, you know, I'd pull out my best Spanish accent and speak Spanish to them as best I could. And I think as you grow up, I think, and we, we talked about this with Kelly a little bit, and we've talked about it with other people of just how mm -hmm. you realize that what's cool and what is like awesome is, is being yourself. And like being okay with that and being okay with knowing that other people won't be and other people will be okay with it. And all of that that's going on, if you can like uh, be at peace with that, then you will find yourself a much happier person. With that, I wanted to ask you, because obviously, you know, it's a big thing within the community. And I fucked this up actually for my first D&D group. I, ne I never did a session zero because no one told me they existed I didn't even know it was a thing. And um, and then a couple of games in, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, now session zeros are super, they're actually the most important thing of, of starting this story so that I can talk to the players about a bunch of different stuff, as well as also, you know, the plot and, and, and other things that are that we're considering for the world and setting and blah, blah, blah. So I want to ask you, how much do you uh, like prioritize session zeros for your streams or, or did you prioritize the session zeros for your streams and stuff like that when uh, when you did for, the original? For my streams, yes. But my yeah. streams weren't the first games that I ran. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. I ran into the problem of not having a session zero and I ended up making my wife cry. Mm. <laughs> and oh, like, wow. well, so some story to this, like, we made a game. I was playing D and D, uh, and we, you know, set up the game. And I'm like, everybody make characters, and we'll play on X day. Cool. We did, and then it was quickly realized that my wife, the character that she made, didn't really fit the group. And you know, I'm I'm trying to like adjust to make it so her character is like a, uh, you know, square peg round hole or vice versa. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And she came to me like, why is this not working? What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, I don't think it's you. I think it was me. <laughs> yeah. And then the other, in, in the other games that I had, we didn't, we didn't necessarily have a session zero, but it was just like a, a big old group collaboration. Cause the first game I actually DM'd, it was my buddy who asked me to DM uh, or to, to play in the game, that first campaign I ran. And he was like, we're going to have a big community-wide tabletop game. And so it was literally like 30-plus of us, oh, wow. six or seven DMs, and we were basically just running the game there. We did run into some troubles. But after that thing with my wife, I realized I need to find resources on how to get this started and run this thing from the beginning better. And what I've learned is, you know, especially the the content that I I'm into making is dark stuff. Like, yeah. you know, or <laughs> once, especially when I did vampire, I was like, my world is based real world. These things are happening right now. I'm going to be, you know, touching con content on COVID gangs, 
murder. I was like, this is stuff that like you can't just skim over it and then expect people to be OK with it. Uh, yeah. The 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 D&D game I ran on my channel, I recruited, you know, some friends from the community uh, and the rest of my group came from Reddit. And I wrote mm-hmm. a long questionnaire. It's like, what are you you? feel comfortable with we had the the ttrpg consent checklist like i did all of that we had a session zero we had a session 0.5 like to to get people rolling because i was like this matters and i want everybody to feel comfortable here and i also want to see if everybody can get along as well like maybe this doesn't work i'm going to put this on twitch like are you comfortable even being on twitch like and that was part of my questionnaire but like it's incredibly important because Everyone's going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. but like, I always have this as a reference point. I have these things listed, like not now because I know where people's boundaries are. But when I was first starting, you know, running my vampire game, I had my consent checklist up on my, on my second screen. Like I want to know, cause I'm not trying to like, you know, hurt people. Trigger anyone. Yeah. Of course. Like that. Cause it, it does like. You know, I have and and I have a diverse group of people like I have non-binary people. I've had a trans people like I, I I want to be, you know, respectful of where their boundaries are and them to be respectful of mine. Like because that matters, too. Like, I don't want people, you know, beating up on kids. It's not a thing for me. I don't like that. Like, so, you know, we went through the whole thing. And I think now if there's a if there are people who don't do that, I don't want to be in your game. Yeah. Like I don't because it is it is to protect not just yourself, but we're we're also playing for our audience. Like those things matter to them too. Like they should know what stuff that 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 may happen in the game. We put content warnings up in all of our things. It's on an automated thing. And if people type in exclamation CW, it will show up for yeah. our in our chats. So is important like yeah player safety is the most important thing to me wow you know what i think it's never been put better yeah and i I mean we've never been put better than than the way you just said that then like it the importance is of a ridiculously high degree and it's something that you know like like you said um aside from you know wanting the players to get along with each other which is something especially for a stream because it's not just a home game, which is very different to, you know, a home game to a performance, which we're on camera, we're, we're, you know, though we're playing a game and enjoying each other, you know, there's an aspect of we are on camera and performing for people. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And you want to get those vibes right. But like you said, it's so important to understand, you know, what, um, what can trigger things for people, you know, what, like you said, you know, you, you don't want people beating on kids. You don't want, and this is something that we, we came up with in like one of our first sessions some of our players are like burning a deep gnome at like to a crisp. And I'm like, guys, this got way out of hand and I'm not okay with this is the DM. And like, that's when I started clocking on, you know, wow, we needed to have a chat about these things because I've literally ended a stream because, you know, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like it was a listed boundary for someone, but it came into a thing that touched apparently too close. And I was like, we don't have to keep going. Like when I say that I don't care what the audience thinks about it, this is yeah. the kind of thing that I meant. What happens at the table is so much more important than anything else. I'm not going to tell you to go back out there after you've been crying because you felt like a thing 
that was too close to you, even if it was just like it wasn't even a boundary that you have. It just felt this way for a game because mm -hmm. you show emotional vulnerability when you're doing TTRPGs. If you're really into it, you're going to show that emotional vulnerability. I almost cried in, in a session that I had last night because part of my character and part of myself kind of like melded into the same thing. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is some vulnerability that's coming from me and the character at the same time. And it made for a great moment for being on screen, but it also was like, yo, this is real close to me. And it didn't cross a line or anything, but it's just like, that's the kind of thing that happens when you do tabletop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think, so we saw your disclaimer and I love it. And I, I think it's, for us, our aspiration is to have a stream at some point. Um, and I, I, I mean, Certainly, we're going to have something, and we'll probably steal a lot of what you have because it's you know it's it, it's just very comprehensive. I mean, you have it's tailored to your own stuff. Sure. So we may we may tweak some stuff here and there. And it evolves. I, it doesn't always stay the same. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean, but it is very it's comprehensive, and anyone that reads that knows knows what they're they're in for, right? They 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 can't, you know, unless they're really really sensitive come away from watching one of your sessions. And if it goes into those areas, well, look, man, you know, we, this, is, this is who we are. So, you know, there's other Twitch streams. And I love how you've said, because we, we, you know, we always talk about our stream and what we want it to be and what we aspire for it to be and how it would be and how much of it is a performance and how much of it is game playing. But things, two things that I really love is how you've designated what is specifically important to your vision of what you want. And then the second is how true you are to the game, irrespective of how it's showing to the audience. And for me, it's like, that is interesting because I know others, and I have to assume like high level games that have big, big audiences um, may be thinking slightly differently. They may be thinking sure. about, look, this is, you know, we need, the, we need pacing, we need three you know, hours of content on yeah. minimum, you know, like we can't be cutting stream short. Yeah. Yeah. We need to have, you know, attack needs to be popping, you know, all this. You have to think when you watch some, you know, Critical Role or Dimension 20 or, you know, I know you've, you guys have played the Acquisitions Inc. You know, that was kind mm -hmm. of our first introduction. There has to be some sort of side conversation of, hey, guys, we're playing the game. However, we're also entertaining. Sure. Um, so, so how, how have you guys navigated that? And this is kind of from, from me, I'm interested personally in, in looking at that and learning from what you're, you know, how you guys have handled it. So I think one of the big things that, that makes it so I can do this is for like rolling these twenties in my channel, I'm not, I'm not under contract with anybody, or I don't have to respect anybody else's rules outside of Twitches or whatever, but my own. So like mm. for like, if I was, you know, if I had been doing a paid show or something like that, obviously that I can not just stop it in the middle of the show or something like that. But the thing to me is like, I tell all my players is like, I want y'all to have fun. Y'all do what y'all do and we will, we will make the best of it. And I, and I, and I truly believe, and I tell this to like, I get people ask me like, well, how do you get started on streaming? I'm just like, well, you get players together and you, if you want to DM, that work together, that 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 just kind of click. Because as far as like the audience stuff goes, I really do believe if if you are a DM or a storyteller or whatever, and your players are into what's happening, 
the show happens because of that. The show, like, it happens because of that. And and understand like the big ones like Critical Role, Dimension Twenty, and stuff like that. There's there's a certain aspect of production and stuff to it. But like, you know, I'm watching the recent Dimension Twenty, and at the end of the day, it's just like a bunch of players having fun at the table with each other. Like and if it goes into some weird stuff like, you know, bird facts or something like that, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, because this is the kind of thing that happens at a table, regardless of it's produced or not. I think that people forget that these are real people at a table playing a game. Yeah. Like, like some of it is written to an extent, but like this is improv stuff that people just come up with. And the personality is you just want them to click together. And that's why, like, you see some of the same faces over and over again. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's because they know how to get along with everybody. Like, and, and, and it just works. Like I know how to fill a spot at a table. I can be the comedian. I can be the serious character. I can be the evil asshole. I, this is a thing that I've done in my real person to the point at, you know, in my younger years that I didn't know really necessarily who I was because I was so used to just like making myself fit. Now, I don't have to make myself fit. I just know who I am and how to adapt to whatever situation I'm in. So I, I, I think if if you're putting on a show for Twitch, going back to the original thing, is just make sure that your players understand that while you're on a stream, that's not their worry. Their worry is, is I mean, obviously, you don't want to be doing gross stuff. You, you know, you're on camera. But like the worry is just to have fun at the game yeah. and it'll translate. It, it just, it just, it just shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that mentality of, you know, um, and it, so funny, I made a, a, a tweet about this literally the other day and was like, you know, what's advice that you would give to a brand new player across any TTRPG, regardless of, uh, of what the system is or whatever. Um, and 90% of the response we got was have fun fun over everything else yep. you know make sure make sure you're having fun and i think you're right in of that it does translate and i think the reason and you know you said these recurring casts in some places and even recurring people who are though they are you know like you find abria iyengar across like freaking so much shit these days you know hashtag and, summer of abria <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and uh you know i think she is one of those people like you said that can just fit a role she's happy to slot in where she if she needs to be the game master she'll pick up that if she you know needs to be a player she'll pick up there and again she can click with pretty much anyone who's at the table which i think is so valuable and it's the reason why dude like why why do we love the shows that we watch because we fall in love with the characters and furthermore when you fall in love with the character you're falling in love with the person who's playing them you know there's a reason why everyone loves travis as grog you know, because yes, absolutely. He, do, do you know what I mean? It, it, he took it to a place that was him, but also so this character and so beautiful. And the connection that he had with all the other players, with Scanlan, you know, and they're like, uh, they're bond throughout the whole, you know, first time. And I think you're so right in of that, you know, when players have that chemistry and when you can create that chemistry, not only does it come across, and I think this is something that like, I would personally say goes across a lot of different things, not just uh, performing, uh, but also sports. Um, I would even say, you know, like um, 
like engineering and things like that as well. Like if you focus on what you're doing, if you're in the moment, like, you know, like you said, if you're enjoying yourself and you're at the table, like having a laugh, you know, talking about bird facts, but also then back into character and, you know, loving it and blah, blah, blah. It means that you will come out the other end having so much fun and it will automatically come across to your players. It's the reason why we know Kobe Bryant, you know, when he's playing, loved basketball because when he scored the game winning three, he would be going nuts himself, just like everyone else in the crowd. And it's one of those things where when you can feel that energy between players, yeah. you know, you, uh, you know, sports players, game players, whatever, that's what fans vibe off of. That's what we all love more than anything. And don't get me wrong, a great storyteller is amazing and a great, you know, a great character, you know, individually is awesome. But truly it's all parts of the table have to be working in a cohesive, almost like clockwork fashion with each other to really get that beauty across, I think. And it's something that's really missed. I wanted to ask you because you you referenced, you know, an earlier version of yourself who um struggled to understand oneself and you know was was um finding ways to fit in with different groups something i definitely did as a young man as well i uh, throughout high school you know made myself as as applicable to the popular people as i could but also then you know i'm hanging out with the the guys who are beta testing minecraft and you know you're like you know just trying to trying to be all over the place and trying to be the the, the social butterfly and whatnot i wanted to ask you because you've been pretty open across the internet about your your ADHD and, mm -hmm. um, and how that has been in your life. And I want to ask you, have you found in your later years that you have been able to turn your ADHD into a weapon that you can use like to enhance your, your abilities? Um, or do you still find it something that inhibits you? By the way, me saying this, I have extremely bad dyslexia and also went to a school specifically for people with uh, learning difficulties, a lot of my friends have ADHD and I, I know exactly, you know, what they go through and stuff. So uh, I'd be curious to know, you know, how it went for you growing up and how it's now affecting you as an adult. So I didn't find out I had ADHD until I was 30. Oh, okay. uh, so as a kid, it was weird because I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled all the way until I was 16. So oh, I had a lot of freedom to, you know, learn the way I want it to. So the, the, I mean, we had structure, but it was like, you know, here's the things you have to learn, learn at your own pace. And so I didn't like struggle as a kid because I didn't really think about it. Like I just mm -hmm. did stuff and I was like, good kid. I read, I was sort of snarky and I got in trouble a lot. <laughs> not, not like, I got, I got trouble because I talked too much. <laughs> and when I got to school, I like, you know, I got to high school. I was like, Oh, this shit is easy. <laughs> and so I, I like, I didn't have to work hard. So these are all things that I, to make me not know that ADHD was a thing. Also, you know, in my, I guess, early elder millennial state, you know, people, thought ADHD was like run around, bounce off walls, you need Ritalin sort of thing. And that's yeah. not how I was. Um, and then, you know, I get with my wife, you know, and my wife's like, yo, you lose track of time on things. You have like all of these symptoms that fall into what ADHD is. Maybe you should okay. go get this checked out. And when I got it checked out, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's me. And so 
you know, I, 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 I've kind of learned to cope with that. But the thing that I, that, that really got me when I started doing streaming and stuff that I liked was like, I'm so flexible. Like I am, I, I'm, I'm ready to like improvise everything. One of the, one of the things that I'm, uh, it makes me good at being a salesperson is like, I roll with the punches, like with everything. And I think that's part of my ADHD is like, I'm used to dealing with stuff at the last minute. So improvisation is really just like this thing happened a second ago. Now you have to deal with the, whatever happens next. And so that is, that's translated to me being a storyteller, uh, game master to streamer. Like I might not know what I'm doing today when I go live, but it's going to be entertaining because I'm going to bring that energy of, I don't know what's happening and neither does the audience. So let's go and go on an adventure sort of thing. <laughs> and people ride with that. Like, and, and, and I think it, it's important to, that people talk about it now because, you know, I, black men, mental health is not a thing that we talk about. And yeah, yeah. It, it, it is changed over the years. Like I have a, a big Facebook friend group who are like, you know, the toxic masculinity being, you know, emotionally vulnerable. We can talk about these things now. Like we have to do better. And yeah, changing the whole mindset of that. And it is translated to like everything in my life. Now that doesn't mean my kitchen always get cleaned on time, but you know, <laughs> we work, it was a work in progress. That's funny. That's, um, and it, it speaks to something that I was thinking about earlier when you say I'm really flexible with different things. And you certainly originally earlier, you said how sometimes your audience is if, if the story is told well, then they're coming along with you on, you know, inside jokes and this and that. And when you said that earlier, it made me think about Acquisitions Incorporated and, you know, mm -hmm. when they when they would be in front of a live audience, you know, they would, what was it? The green, green flame. Green flame. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but so that sort of triggered me to think about, okay, acquisitions Inc. And then I'm thinking, okay, so you've played, you've played fifth edition. You've huh? played vampire masquerade. You've also played cyberpunk. So cyberpunk. that speaks to how flexible you are. Like already. Yeah. Because I mean, you can literally live an entire life in one of those platforms and uh, and have a really full rich life because there's you know it's endless but you've chosen to to uh dabble in in many of them oh yeah last night was monster hearts <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so there we go <laughs> um so it, it is sort of your that's a bit of your your pattern you're happy to to jump into 5e to jump into whatever and um and roll with it how has like the whole structure of those worlds how has it been keeping up how's with, it been separating them as yeah. well in your head like how do you how in your mind does a game master for for vampires versus you know your acquisitions incorporated campaign that you're running how are you like keeping those two not only separate but also rules wise like for me as a new dm i'm like well not new uh, year year in you know it's one of those things where i'm like damn there's so many fucking rules that i'm still like i'm still like will catch myself out on if i had to add a new system in here with different dice rolls and shit, I would, my brain would hurt, definitely. How, how do you find that? It is, okay, I guess the best way to put it is, in some ways, the rules are the least important thing to me. 
Like nice. I, understanding yeah. the system, sure. But like, I try not to think too much about rules. Like, mm. unless it's something that is actively game breaking, yeah. whatever. Cause, cause I hate rules lawyers. I hate them so much. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it, cause it, it takes away from the game. Like I, and you know, when I, when I first started vampire, I did a whole bunch of stuff wrong. <laughs> Like the rules, like I understood the lore, but I didn't go as deep into understanding the mechanics the same yeah. way because I was just like, this will make for a great story. And now as I started to learn it, like I've gotten better at that. But like that still comes to me as like the least important thing. But being able to shift from system to system and character to character, that part to me is easy. That part to mm -hmm. me is 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 relatively easy, like because I would say the the crunchiest of the systems that I do is probably cyberpunk, mm -hmm. but honestly, it's just a list of skills and a dice roll. Ultimately, that's all it is. Like it's a couple, you know, d10s, and here are skills that you roll with it. And that's the way I break down vampire to people who are new to playing it. I'm like, you're gonna roll some d10s. I'm gonna tell you what skill pools to roll. And then fun things will happen. That's yeah. the rules that you need to know. That's it. Because mm. uh, if you get too bogged down into that and not what your what your character is about, then the game starts to to sag. And then for D and D, I guess I just kind of get the rules almost inherently. Maybe it's because my video game background and stuff, but like. You know, I've been playing. I, maybe I didn't play D and D in my younger years, but you know, I understood Thacko. I wish I didn't, but <laughs> yeah. you know, like learning the rules from like you know what it what goes on in the background of the game was like okay, I get this. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and do you know what, dude? I think it, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned your you know your 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 distaste for rules lore something that made me chuckle was i was reading through your twitch rules um and one of them was no back seating um for any aspect you're like whether it's rules whether it's for the game whether it's for how i'm doing my twitch stream or what you're just like no back seat i had a good chuckle when i read that i thought that was a that that, that one made me real happy um i think Dude, it, it sounds to me, so something we've heard, a term we've heard is that some people are planners and some people are pantsers. And of that, planners will do a lot of pat. Absolutely. I was going to guess that, that you might be a pantser. I I run my games by bullet points. Nice. Like people, people ask me, like, how do you come up with like these interesting details and stuff like that and fleshed out characters? And I, I think... For characters, you know, I pull from examples of media generally. I've watched a shitload of movies, read more books than I could probably ever count, and I just pull things from them. So, like, if you watch my games, a lot of times you'll see me reference a scene from a movie. It looks like blah, 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 or it's re it reminds you of that scene in Total Recall, like yada, 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 and and and. I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing people get less and less of my references. But, <laughs> but that's the stuff that I pull from. 
And it also gives me a good point uh, to, you know, like in my chats, I'll link a picture of a thing. I'm like, this is what this looks like, or this is where I'm pulling this from. So people can have a visualization because I know that my strength is characters, but it's not necessarily scenes. I've put this together for myself. Like, I don't know how to paint, you know, this is what this building looks like. These are all the minor details. I'm like, here's a place. It looks like this with trees and some books. But for characters, I can just jump into a character. I can jump into that skin. I can take down a couple of personality traits. And I'm like, all right, this is the person that this person is. And I use my players playing off of them to evolve the personality based on those traits. Uh, so almost everything that I do in my games is informed by my players and it evolves based on them. And that's what I think keeps them engaged. Like, you know, as I've learned about my players, I know what they don't like. I know how to push their buttons based on that. I'm like, all right, you won't like this person at all. And I'm going to put them right in front of you. Or this is a person that you're absolutely going to flirt with. And I'm going to use them to, you know, manipulate a situation like I just I just put down some bullet points and then I'll scratch them out if they don't work. That's really it's really interesting. Um, so so different, so different to me. Well, it's, I mean, but, but I think it speaks to and like you could you could literally like put up. I love it. I just I, I love it, though. I, I admire I yeah. admire it so much. I do, too. I, but it, but it does talk to, you know, if you had like the Mount Rushmore of who your favorite DMs are, mm -hmm. I would bet that there's aspects of each of them that are different, maybe complementary in some ways or whatever. But, you know, everyone, if you play to your strength, then you're probably going to be an interesting DM because you have a real skill set in that area, right? 100%. So your skill set, because of, like you, like you said, Amir, there's a ton of sort of back content that you can draw from to pull characters. Same with you as far as, you know, action movies and, you know, specifically combat, with combat movies, yeah. that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So your strength is to describe in real time over and over again, different layered descriptions of really vivid combat. Um, but I think I'm good at doing that with horror, awful scenes from horror. Uh, mm. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I, I know this is not from everybody, but I, I can tell you how your skin slows off of you and the muscle and bone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can get into that. It's, yeah. it's one of those things. And I am with the action scenes as well. It's just, I use all that, that references. But I, like, I think knowing your weaknesses is just as important. Like, I'm not a world builder. I'm not. It's not my thing. So, you know, when I was thinking of vampire, I was like, well, where can I pull? I was like, Philly, I live here. I walk the streets. And so that informs me mm -hmm. of where I'm going to put things, how the city is laid out. So I didn't plan, but I took a map of Philly and I was like, all right, these are where these people are going to be. These are where these people are going to be. Here's a club around this area. This is another thing. So I have those for points of reference, but I didn't have to build the world out because here we are, this is what it looks like. These are the people I know. And one time early, someone DM'd me a message like, why is your game so black? <laughs> and I don't know if they were like trying to be mean, but like, I do have a lot of black NPCs. I'm like, 
It's Philadelphia. It is literally one of the <laughs> blackest cities in the United States. What do you want from me? <laughs> oh, dude. You know, do you know what? I think with character, and do you know what's interesting? You know, um, playing to your strengths and your weaknesses is something that, and, and I, I heard this the other day, and I think it's so freaking accurate and so true of that. The only way that you can find that out is by getting feedback. And as humans, we're such feedback machines in of that if we're not receiving feedback, we become tyrants. We like we literally just become like maniacal tyrants that are 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 like awful people. And it's it's how it goes. That's why people at the top of companies, you know, because people below them are afraid to give them feedback. And typically, what you'll find, you know, like a Richard Branson is a bit of an asshole um, because no one's telling, <laughs> no no one's saying, "Yo, Richard, you, that was an asshole thing to say, my dude." Um, you know, and, and no one's checking them. And I think um, it's one of those things that really like as, as as it goes on you know we need feedback and we need to learn to be able to develop our style and like you said learn that style um i love first of all um i love hearing the way you dm like for for me i i say this to tom like i'm like you absorb like books and stuff i'm i'm more of a movie and like television guy but something else i really do is i absorb i, I really try and absorb people so like um yes. Just, just hearing you say, you know, like how you go about your way, I, man. I love, I love the way you think about, you know, your your game. You know, the fact that you're basing it so much within reality. Like, our city that we're running at the moment is based on, uh, based on New York. Um, and then within that, a lot of the characters are based off of, you know, it, you could probably pick out two or three characters that are genuine movie characters. And like, we just made an NPC that is styled very much after Zoro from One Piece. Um, in, a, yes. in, his, in his fighting style, you know, and we've added some of that and some of this. And I heavily influenced by East Asian culture because I've traveled there a lot. And I've and I love, you know, East Asian movies, Hong Kong movies, Japanese movies. Mm -hmm. and so our world has a lot of like East Asian flavor to it. You know, uh, mm -hmm. one of our like main foods is dumplings. There's um, amazing dumplings all around our world, you know, that you can get and stuff like that. And I think it's one of those things where if you are picking on things that you know and, and, and yeah. a mixture of doing the comfortable within uncomfortable situations, do you know what I mean? Picking comfortable mm -hmm. and then doing it to elevate the things that you're uncomfortable with um, really, really make uh, those skills that you have awesome um, to, to a whole nother level, make the things that you're not as good at better because you're, you're, you're influencing it with some of the stuff that you are better at. I would, I would add to that, I think. If you look at, you know, and you hear about actors and you hear about storytellers, they can be given sort of a framework. Like you said, you've got bullet points, right? Mm. Freaking just bullet points. Yeah. That's amazing. But dude, <laughs> like, that's all you need if you're drawing from personal experience. Oh, and you're just, yeah. You're painting real pictures, right? 100%. You know, it might be something from high school. It might be something from your job. It might be something you said to your partner. It might be something you said to your mom. You know, all this stuff. And you can pull that into yeah. these different circumstances. And that's where the quality, like, you know, whether it's art, the actual production of art mm. or acting or fucking music or, you know, you name it, that personal knowledge of a certain thing that you're expressing because, and people know, dude, people know when it's authentic and people know when it's contrived. And when it's authentic, yeah. bro, it's fucking powerful, you yeah. know? And that's when, you know, you, you I mean, I was just telling Bodhi, uh, maybe yesterday or today, um, there's aspects of Brennan Lee Mulligan that I love, but you cannot fucking deny this dude has seen a lot. Like he's drawing from a Absolutely. wide 
yeah. wide I mean, fucking scale. Bird of, facts. You're, you're, you're right. talking about bird. Like, like where the where the hell does that come from? Your point is massive. You have to be. And yeah. I think the other thing that I've been saying to you because you've been help, uh, Tom. I, though I do the dungeon master, and Tom helps me do a lot of my uh, my world building and writing and stuff. I mean, we we kind of collaborate on that. I say to you, I always go to you. You need to absorb some stuff. You need to yeah. go. You need to watch some fantasy. You need to read some of this. You need to go. You know, because it does just elevate the game that you can bring in. Like that, that that's almost it. Of like, you know, you you talk about anyone who is at the top of their game, basketball players. You know, people will go, "Cool, I'm going to learn something off you." You know, Michael Jordan might take something off of Kareem. You know, a little. You know, or Dr. J's, you know, finger roll, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to actually reverse it and do the, do it on the other side. You know yeah. what I mean? What you do is you elevate by learning and, and, and gaining those skills and gaining that knowledge and masses of experience. And it just takes your game to a whole new level. Yeah, a whole that's new a great level. point, man. Um, I wanted to ask you um, massively huh? about, uh, go for it. Did, did you have something to say? Go no, no, it. go ahead. Uh, no, 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 no problem. Uh, so I was going to ask you, you know, Obviously, you've done a lot of these different systems. Do you find that Vampire is the one predominantly for you? Do you feel like you suit that one most? Because obviously, you know, Cyberpunk can also be very gritty and dark. And, you know, well, Acquisitions Inc., I'm not sure. You know, it was comedy. I, I, I wanted to say, lean into comedy for sure. <laughs> yeah. As you say, that's, that's definitely a little bit more lighthearted. But um, where, what do you find out of these systems? What has been the one for you that is really connected with you as a, as a, game master storyteller so i think vampire mm -hmm. clicked for me because i'm a big lore nerd for whatever i'm doing so you know i'm the guy who you know read all of the the lore entries for mass effect every single one sort of thing yeah. i i will dive into you know supplementary books yada 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 i that's what i do and I think the lore to vampire appealed to me, but the 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 thing I think appealed to me it really and 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 clicked with me for vampire is that the push pull that people have in themselves, like yeah. you know the the dark parts of yourself that you want to come out, vampire explores that, mm -hmm. and, and 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 the beast that that lives within you that the more horrible things you do in the game the closer that comes to the surface and you're fighting against that to maintain your humanity and i i feel like that is a an excellent place to storytell because i think no matter who you are where you're from everyone deals with that to a certain extent mm -hmm. like you know this is the reason why when someone cuts you off and you know a line you don't punch them in the face but like in this game your beast is like yo fuck them up eat them drain them <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I think that 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 is a very powerful place to storytell if you have the players that really want to want to do it. And it's not like the only game that that does it to me, but it's the first one that like really clicked to me. And I think in the system itself, it gives a lot of opportunity to show a dark side of things, but also like without losing hope because i don't want to do a trauma simulator like that's not my 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 game i don't want people to be like all right here's a bunch of painful things and this is all you're going to experience congrats <laughs> so so i think that's what we got it for me that's super interesting because you know like i think something that tom says a lot and that i truly believe in is like you know 
the movies that are and the 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 entertainment that I, I nourishes me most is typically stuff that makes me feel a range of emotions not just like you said you know uh one one drum you know beating the whole time you know for me um i like to have a, a laugh you know at, at certain points but i also you know really enjoy a really sad moment a moment that is you know pulling on my heartstrings or you know like you said something that's scaring you or really gritty where you're like oh damn that was oh wow that was wild you know kind of thing like that person really went in and i think I agree with you. Finding that conflict within characters and within people generally is where really good story comes from. It's the reason why we as society are semi-obsessed with supervillains because, you know, we like to see, you know, the other side of people. We like to see that conflict in of like the Joker, for example, in of that he loves Batman but wants to kill him at the same time. And it's like, you know, uh, and I think... I'm right there with you in of that using that conflict, not only to, and, and borderline, not manipulate your players, but allow the character growth to come from that internal conflict is way better than forcing an external conflict, you know, of mm -hmm. some sort of, you know, battle or, you know, uh, you know, political conversation or, you know, wh whatever, whatever. And I mean, all of that happens in my game too. Don't, don't get me course. wrong. It all happens. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, sorry, I didn't even cut you off, but I, I, I know I'll lose my train of thought of this. Yeah, go, go uh, it is, it is, everything that they've done in the game has been a whole range of stuff. It's like emotion. But the other thing that, that appealed to me with Vampire is that you live forever. Like, as long as something doesn't kill you, you live forever. How do you deal with that? How do you keep your humanity? everyone that you knew or loved is going to die yeah um and and you have to keep going like when when like how do you evolve and change because maybe your looks don't change but something on you is going to change over a hundred two hundred a thousand years yeah and and i think uh, that that's another interesting thing to explore with characters because i was what was i listening to i was listening to um a thousand kingdoms nk jemison's uh books and one of the things that really hit with me in the in the books was that if you're a god what is gender what is uh uh sexuality what does that mean because you can shape yourself to what you want to be so what does that look like over millennia lifetimes and i really think that's a interesting place to explore and i think that happens with vampire because you don't have to be one thing anymore mm. or immortal how do you deal with that and i just i think that's a great place for storytelling i love it i mean, <laughs> for, I mean for also me, your passion the way the way you talk about it like i'm, I'm <laughs> like you, you you're drawing me in just talking around i'm, I'm like but dude i mean Oh my God! What well, I, I was gonna say, the same it's, thing. it's a concept with elves as well. It's something that I think a lot of people miss a beat on with elves in fantasy. Yep. Like these creatures are all like uh, always high fluted, you know, very like oh, you know, like elves. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, dude, these guys have literally seen thousands. They've seen wars. Their people have died. Like this, these people have seen the worst of the worst shit all the way through time. And you're telling me, just like also with us humans, and I talk about this all the time on, on our podcast and stuff, is like, 
as we get older, time perception gets shorter. So days feel shorter, years feel shorter. And that's why as a child, you know, waiting in a line for an hour feels like a fucking lifetime, you know? And, and so wondering what a day would feel like to an elf, like you said, like that, in that way of like, how do you really, and, and how, like you said, how do you evolve? Do you change personality with each new, you know, love that is found? Are you a different person? And, um, you know, do you create a new name? If you get driven out of a town, you know, do you find yourself a new town and create a new name, a new personality? And, ah, oh, dude, what a, what a fruitful place for plot and context and, and lore and everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's just beautiful. I'm, I'm t I mean, I'm intrigued by it as well because even within, we've just played uh, 5e and I have now gotten to the point, and I think probably because we've, we've got a, a bunch of stuff going on with podcasts and, you know, all, all the different other things plus playing, that I'm really trying to focus on role playing more so than being really, you know, adept at spells or really, really sort of tactical in my combat. So I've stripped back, like we're going to be starting a new a uh, new game with a new group of people, and I've stripped back to just being like, "Look, I don't want spells. Um, I just want to be this dude, and um, and 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 really sort of try to deliver with that part of it." And I think that will be the majority of of my satisfaction in the game. The fact that I won't have as many cool, like bright, shiny objects that I can bring out in a combat—I don't give a fuck. Like, I want to just be able to connect with everyone and uh, and and express this personality, this create, this creation that I have in my mind that I'm pretty sure I know how to deliver. But sometimes these, you know, all the other stuff kind of complicates that. So if, if yes. I have too much shit, yeah, if I have too much shit going on in my brain, I forget that, oh, this character is the most fucking important thing. Like if I get this right, forget about the other shit. It relates back to the thing about rules. Amir was saying this. Uh, so uh, this is one of, I, and I, this is where I always get in trouble, but like, D&D is one of the worst systems for social stuff. I like because the game is built off of a tactical combat system, which is mm. dope. Don't get me wrong. This is not me. Like everyone always goes, you must hate D&D once I say this conversation, but it's not good for necessarily for the type of games that I like to run. Yeah, because all of the skills, the way things are structured is built around a tactical combat like there are not a whole lot of social skills in the game and the social skills kind of feel gross at the times like i don't want a charm person necessarily like i don't want to cast <laughs> friends on someone to make them like me uh yeah. and i, I mean vampire does that yeah. too but it it feels i don't maybe it feels different to me because they're vampires and that's kind of what they do but like the game is built with those social things. Like you can have a fully social character that is fully fleshed out that probably would get his ass whooped in every combat you're in, but maybe they mesmerize someone and make them go fight for them or something like that. It's, it's one of those things. And I think a lot of other systems offer that, that, that you have to kind of bend the rules to make them work in, in, in D and D or Pathfinder or something like that in a way you don't have to with other systems. And there's, again, this is not a bash on D&D. I love playing D&D. I love the tactical combat. I was a chess player as a kid. So like these are the sort of things that appeal to me still, but for the type of games that I like to run or the characters that I like to play, I don't want to think about whether I use, you know, a great axe because it has a D12 or a hammer because it has a D6. Like 
I don't want to think about that. Like, yeah. here, you can have, you want to have a great X that looks like a sword. Now you have a great sword. It does a D12. I don't care. Like, that's, that's the way I think of it. Yeah. And do you know what, dude? I think <laughs> as I learn and as I continue to grow and as I speak to people and as we collaborate with people and do these amazing podcasts with incredible guests like yourself, you know, I, I dude, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's something that as a, you know, DM of a year, uh, I do worry about, you know, if we were to start a stream, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, like you said, I'm taking boxes, I'm making sure, you know, I'm getting things right and I'm, I'm, I'm applying the rules in places that are appropriate. But the one thing that I seem to come across a lot with all of these things is don't get me wrong you can look at you know the the upper echelon of dungeon masters out there and you know they know the rules but like you said you know they're happy to bend them as well that's one of the things that you will watch you know um any of those big names out there you know uh that are that are doing things and including people like abria who are hopping between a thousand games you know will bend those rules to make it interesting to make it cool you know and that rule of cool you know, applies across many different things. Uh, in as though it's more a rule of fun, you know, in, in some cases. And I think it's so, so important. Um, one thing that has been prevalent from this conversation with you, Amir, is that you are a fun-loving and open, uh, happy to move with the times and move with the speed of what's going on in front of you. Um, and it's something that I'm sat here admiring a lot. I'm, I'm really uh, looking you. up to you and, and, and feeling inspired sat here across from you about the way that you conduct yourself within this community and with your players and the way that you treat things. Saying that, just before we round this off and we, we begin to end the show, I had one funny question that I did want to ask you uh, because it's one that I, I, I thought about earlier. Um, that is that throughout your time as a streamer, you have had some pretty amazing freaking hairdos. And I've loved a lot of them. I've loved a lot of them. The one you're rocking today is absolutely amazing. You've had incredible fros. You've had, you know, a little like cornrows. You've had little like a uh, little uh, dready bits. So talk to me, what has been your favorite hairstyle throughout your streaming process, dude? Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. I would say having the fro was the least, uh, upkeep of most of my hairdos uh but honestly having the fro again was kind of like oh i got my haircut like new year's eve right before the pandemic happened that was the last time i got my haircut and so i was like well barbershops are shut down i guess i'm just gonna grow my hair out (laughs) like and so i grew my hair out for two years it, but like I, 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 there was a time in my life where I would not change my hair. I was just like, I will have short hair, waves. That's it. Period. Mm. And then at, at a certain point, I was just like, you know what? I don't care. Like if if people have something to say about about how I look, fuck them. <laughs> uh, now the most complicated it. part about a fro is you know I'd have random people come up and touch my hair. But yeah, dude, I can get during a pandemic. What the fuck, people? Come on, dude. I get that. I get that whole pandemic side, and I get it that it's your hair. But dude, I kind of do want to touch it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just want to squish it a little bit, man. <laughs> it is soft no? and well taken care of. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can imagine, dude. Um, do you know what? I, I, I must admit, dude, from everything from your style to, you know, presenting yourself with incredible drag makeup, having incredible hairstyles. Like I said, your amazing personality that we've got to really like put on put on show today and, and give the world a good taste of. Thank you so much for being who you are and coming on the show today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and get to know a bit about you and the way that you operate because, man, you're a freaking awesome person. Um, <laughs> what I want to do is hand over to you. If you'd like to shout anything out or, 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 or uh, anything like that, feel free. Uh, space is yours, my dude. Oh, sweet. Uh, okay, so I'm pretty busy, so I do a lot of different things, but uh, you can generally catch me on my Twitch channel, when I'm streaming, I'm all over the place because of my scheduling, but uh, around other channels, I do cyberpunk uh, on Wednesday nights over on Rolling News 20s at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I am on Vampire the Masquerade uh, over at Vancouver by night at 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Then I do my own show, Philly by night on Rolling News 20s at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I am on... Table Goth's channel for Hades High School on Tuesday nights at 9 Eastern. Uh, I think that's all I have right now. You should stay tuned to my Twitter. Other things are coming up. I am uh, going to be casting for um, a couple shows on my channel here in the near future. Uh, I, me and my wife are literally talking about how to make a truly horrific one shot the other day. My wife is a writer, so that plays oh, into what we do uh, and, and setting scenes. And I think that's going to be pretty good. So keep a look out. Dude, how do you have time to read books? And amongst <laughs> all that that you're doing, <laughs> when are you reading these supplemental content things in amongst 20 streams that you do a week, my bro? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I read before I go to bed and I listen to a lot of audiobooks. A lot of audiobooks. I was going to say, dude, that's wild. I mean, super, super busy. And of course, you can find Amir at uh, Dimples and Dice on, uh, yep. on uh, Twitter as well. Um, Amir, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Um, thank as you always, guys. Hey, dude. Uh, fuck, man. It's an, it's an honor to have been graced with your, with your talents, <laughs> your, your voice, and, uh, and to catch you, also to, to, to have, you, uh, have you hop on so early in the morning. We appreciate that as well. We, we, we know not everyone's a morning person, so we, we also appreciate that as well, dude. All good, um, all good. But for us here, um, we're Homie and the Dude, the Father and Son podcast. Uh, location for some great NPCs as well. If you need some, uh, some NPCs to throw in your game, if you're not like a mirror and you can't rip a character straight off the top of your head and, and pull it off of a couple of uh, 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 physical uh, traits or you know personality traits, then uh, we have an awesome glossary of stuff for you to check out. Um, and we'll be releasing our first fully statted uh, pack in the next couple of months as well, guys. Um, other than that, thank you so much for watching. It's been Homie and the Dude. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Amir. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff, you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting, you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes! You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.